You're listening to episode 20 of the Japan Gamescast. On this week's show, we catch up on Nintendo's indie showcase, new info is teased for the Pokemon remakes, and Famitsu shows an inside look at Final Fantasy with its creators. All this and more, coming up. Welcome to Japan Gamescast, the Japanese gaming news podcast recorded in Tokyo, Japan. I'm your host Julian, aka Kanten Gamer, and joining me as always is my co-host Ryan. Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Uh, can you believe we're on episode 20 already? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, we're yeah, on, 20. Almost half a year through. It's kind of kind of wild. <laughs> yeah, it, fe- it feels like we're still just getting started, but uh it really does. Yeah, I mean Every week we're making little tweaks and stuff and, uh, I don't know, just uh, making some adjustments. Uh, hopefully you guys at home listening uh, have noticed uh, we, and hopefully we've been getting better as the time goes on. <laughs> yeah, guys, so if you are enjoying the show, then uh, as always, yeah, please reach out. Uh, if you've got any suggestions or things you want to see more of, uh, you can reach me uh, on Twitter at Kantan underscore Japan. Or uh, if you head over to the YouTube channel Kantan Gamer, you can find a contact email over there as well. So um, yeah, let's jump into our first kind of mini story of the week. Nothing too big. Um, and I think actually this broke literally as we finished recording last week. So uh, it's been waiting a little while to, <laughs> to show it. Um, but there was a disaster struck this week at uh, Super Nintendo World as uh, the, the top Goomba on the stack of five Goombas on a beanpole mountain was, was knocked off <laughs> by uh, <laughs> incredibly strong winds. Oh, um, man. That five Goomba stack, man, it's just too many, right? Yeah. Maybe it <laughs> should have gone with four, right? <laughs> that's it, yeah. So, um, I mean, anyone that's not living in Japan uh, won't know, but there's been pretty um, heavy kind of rain and typhoons this week, um, last couple of weeks in Japan. Um, but especially in the kind of central area, um, there was massive like flooding in like Hiroshima, which is a bit more west. But um, Super Nintendo World is in Osaka, so in the Kansai region, um, and that's probably the most affected yearly by by typhoons and, and strong winds and stuff like that. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me if something like this is going to happen. It would probably be in Osaka. <laughs> yeah, but it's just the yeah, it's just the kind of the comedy of the whole thing. Um, you know, that they're, they're the way that they're lined up, they're already kind of. They look like one of them's about to fall over, <laughs> and literally one of them did fall off. So, uh, yeah, kind of amusing. So we've got a video here. Um, this is just uh, from uh, Terabi Tokyo uh, Business. Um, they're just showing off. I think this is from the day after. So um, they're just showing around the park, and uh, you can see at the top of the screen there. <laughs> we're uh, we're minus one uh, Goomba here. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. It's funny because there, there's so much stuff, like, you know, so many animated characters that, like, you wouldn't even notice that one is missing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you wouldn't, would you, right? I just imagine, like, someone, like, the staff just came in the morning and just, like, there was a Goomba on the floor. And then they kind of looked up and was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, may- maybe Mario's been through and he, he stomped on the top one, you know. <laughs> you never know, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like that that was um kind of a stupid story. Apparently they're like <laughs> investigating now. I love the way that they phrase it in Japanese. But they, they, they say they're investigating the cause and uh, hopefully they'll oh, find yeah. out what happened. Yeah. It's uh, probably but, uh probably that wind, isn't it? <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> probably that wind, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, you know, they uh just like you know, just like with the rides, uh, theme parks, um, and all that kind of stuff. Whenever everything, whenever something 
like that happens. You know, it could have easily just like fell on a kid or something, you know, and and <laughs> killed somebody, right? As, is, as yeah. stupid as it sounds, it's like a real safety concern. So mm, uh, yeah. they they have to do like a full evaluation, right? They can't just be like, ah, yeah, yeah it was it was a wind. Yeah, like, yeah, well, <laughs> after then, all. You know, yeah. after all those years of us stomping on Goombas, it's finally time for the Goombas to stomp us, you know. That's <laughs> the revenge, right? Yeah. This is a flat, a flat kid on the floor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they, they need to find out, you know, like, why did the the wind knock it off? You know, it wasn't strong enough or like the connection was weak or or something. I don't know. But I, I imagine that might lead to like some kind of like, they might close the park for a couple of days and they might even check like all of the, like the animatronics and stuff. Because there's a lot of stuff, like you said, like on the hills moving around mm. and I don't know, but yeah, a be, lot of be, moving parts and things better safe than uh. sorry. But uh, I guess if this calls for another visit, you know, I've been looking for a reason to go back. So now I'll have to go and see this, uh, more like safer than ever Goomba stack, you know, real, real impressive, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> impressive yeah, engineering. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. See that re-engineered, re-engineered Goombas. So. <laughs> that's it that's it so yeah just a real short story with that one and pretty funny uh, but yeah let's get on to some some juicy news uh we were talking about the indie showcase next right ryan yeah that's right and uh something i wanted to bring up was that the um the august indie world uh showcase wasn't actually uh broadcast in japan mm. so um you know it, it was on um like the american and european uh, nintendo channels on youtube but uh, since there was no Japanese one, I, I was kind of looking into it, and um, mm. seems most of the tide, most of the developers are are Western developers, and you know it's it's indie games. Mm. So, um, you know, Japan has sort of a different indie market than in the West. Like, you get a lot more like uh, visual novels and and dating games, and you know mm. <laughs> that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. Where Western indie games tend to be more like experimental, you know, kind of gameplay oriented mm. stuff so um yeah i was i was checking it out and you know there's actually quite a few uh japanese uh franchises that showed up in the mm. um in the indie world so i i think you know it's kind of odd that it didn't it didn't uh broadcast in japan yeah i think it's a little bit strange isn't it um I don't know yeah, exactly. So, don't know exactly why, but like you say, maybe just like indies in general are not as popular in in Japan, or maybe because there's not any Japanese developers, then it's yeah, kind of an odd choice. Yeah. So so here's a uh, Metal Slug Tactics, and uh, it has this kind of like a uh, sprite artwork inspired by the original. Um, mm -hmm. Looks great, and um, I believe this is being handled by um, by a Western developer now. Oh, okay, um, interesting. So it's yeah, published uh, originally developed by SNK, um, which yeah. is one of, the, one of the bigger you know Japanese uh, developers. Um, you, know, you make a lot of like, arcade games, uh, which obviously Metal Slug is one. But yeah, this was really cool. Um, I've always loved the pixel style of Metal Slug. Always thought it was one of the best looking like sixteen bit games. Um, the an animation was always quite detailed as well. Yeah, yeah, I really like the art of Metal Slug. I know it's a mm. favorite for people who are into like pixel uh, so, and sprite arts. So, uh, Leakia Studio, sorry, he just said then. Uh, so they're uh, they're in France, French developer. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's kind of interesting that uh, Metal Slug has kind of been shifted over to a Western developer. But mm. you know, I assume this would also be big news in Japan because um, 
you know, Metal Slug is a pretty popular franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they have this anime artwork and stuff like that. <laughs> this looks so, awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah it looks, <laughs> that trailer was badass. Yeah, yeah, it looks amazing. Uh, uh, I'm definitely going to try this out. I'm going to um, buy this for sure. Yeah, this looks awesome. This is exactly the kind of game you get on the Switch, right? Because it's just, you know, it doesn't require like high res 3D stuff. It's great yeah. just for like, you know, dipping in and out of like, it looks really cool. And I, I'm assuming this is coming from Final Fantasy Tactics, um, mm. which had sort of a similar art style. Um, so yeah, it kind of looks like uh, Into the Breach. I don't know if you've heard of that one, but... Uh, I've heard of it, but never played it though. But yeah, it's kind of like steampunk vibes, right? Yeah, it's sort of like a mech strategy game, mm. turn-based kind of thing. So yeah, these games are really fun and I'm sure it's going to sit well on the Switch. So um, yeah, that's Metal Slug. Uh, another game I wanted to bring up is uh, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. Yeah. Also looks... coming next year. Um, so yeah, let's take a look at it here. So yeah, this is kind of a spiritual successor to uh, Jet Set Radio, um, the kind of rollerblading graffiti game from the Dreamcast originally. Um, but yeah, this, look, this looks almost exactly the same. <laughs> it's even yeah, got that's, that's what I thought. Like when I when I saw this trailer, I thought, oh my god, it's it's Jet Set Radio. Yeah, it's yeah, basically yeah. exactly the same. Um, and what's interesting is you know the music. It's, mm. it's done by the same guy. Oh, that's so, good. I was um, gonna say because it sounds it sounds identical to like, not 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 the the, the song is the same, but the style is so well, uh, like matched or like it emulates the original so well. Yeah, it's um, it's the same guy, uh, Hideki uh, Naganuma, mm. I believe is his name. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, come back to do the soundtrack, and um, that's awesome. I know a lot of people have probably been uh been dreaming of this game for like 20 years because it's you know such a classic yeah um, yeah yeah so uh the last thing i wanted to mention was uh there were a few other titles that uh aren't japanese but they like heavily inspired by uh japanese art styles right, so right. I, I believe there's a game called uh necro barista which is mm. like a uh a sort of like a novel style you know uh, anime, uh, <laughs> yeah, what do you call yeah. it? Uh, uh, but it's, it's a, it looks Japanese, but it's actually Western developed. Yeah, like an interactive kind of story, kind of, uh, almost like a, yeah, like a kind of point and click adventure, very heavily stylized. It's almost got like a cell shaded kind of look to it. Yeah, really yeah. cool. The lighting's very cool. Yeah, so I thought this looks looked like something that could also be popular uh, in Japan. Yeah, um, yeah, looks they were, looks pretty cool. I like yeah, that. Necrobarist of the final poor. <laughs> <laughs> the final poor. Yeah. Yeah, and then there name. were a few others as well. Uh, Garden Story is sort of a uh, almost Harvest Moon style, you know, mm. um, RPG set in a garden. You know, like we had Golf Story. Yeah, um, yeah. And then that, was, that was a great game. Yeah, yeah, it looks pretty good. And there's also Boyfriend Dungeon. Oh, that it looks is, just absolutely absurd. Um, yeah, so this looks like something kind of like Hades, um, mm. where you're sort of hack and slash and going through these, uh, you know, dungeon areas, and then along the way you meet these boyfriends. 
Mm. So, uh, I mean, it's, it looks funny as hell. Like, you know, this guy looks like um, the, the guy Woody from that beat em ups channel. Do you ever watch that? He's an Australian, oh, yeah. <laughs> Australian guy. He looks like a like a sexy version of him. I don't yeah, know if he, he, I don't know if he's got an actual six pack in real life. I don't think so. But <laughs> this he looks way too similar. The hair is just on point. <laughs> Maybe it's a an Australian company that made this. You know? Could be. Yeah. But actually, talking about that, um, I saw. I uh, do apologize because I do apologize because I forgot her name. But I saw a tweet. Um, floating around, and it was from the, I, I believe, the director of the game. And uh, th her tweet said that uh, she was basically just thanking everybody. She said, like, um, the game in its first week uh, or first, like, day. Yeah, the, the game in its first day made more money than it than their previous game did in its first week. Um, oh, wow. And, you know, the first week or two weeks is usually the biggest for any game because it's like any, anyone that wants to buy it buys it immediately, right? And then after that, it's just people picking it up, like, you know, here and there. Um, but she said that, like, that was, uh, yeah, it made more money than the previous game in the first day. And also the the game was completely funded themselves. Whereas the first, the, or the previous game they released, they had a kind of outside investment. So I, I guess the previous game profits funded this new game, The Boyfriend Dungeon. Um, so she was saying, like, yeah, they basically just made all the money back from the game. And they don't owe anyone else anybody like they don't, they don't owe any money to anybody else because they paid for it themselves. So that was cool. That was a really nice um, kind of success story to see, and to see like you know a, a female d developer. I think a game director. I think she's the director of the game, which is really cool. Uh, and even got like retweeted by Phil Spencer, who's like the head of Xbox. Um, who's got like he's got like millions of followers on Twitter. Um, but he was like, yeah, you know, congratulations. So all around, yeah, good, good, good vibes. Uh, yeah, that's bit. cool. And I always like when Nintendo shares these indie games, and um, I just hope they, uh, you know, keep sharing them with Japan as well, because it'll be nice if like we get this kind of cross-cultural exchange with the games and stuff. So, mm -hmm. uh, but for sure, yeah, I guess that wraps it up for uh, Indie World. Um, there, you know, there were a lot of other titles shown as well, but I just wanted to cover the ones that um related to japan so yeah of course yeah yeah um yeah a lot of, a lot of cool stuff in there uh one just a uh, mention i'd like to make was a uh, eastwood that looks really cool it's kind of like like a 2d like really detailed like, pixel art game it looks a bit like zelda it looks a little bit like a lot of different games um i'm definitely gonna pick that one up um look think it looks really cool cool man um well, I guess, uh, yeah, let's move on to our next bit of news. Yeah, so uh, next up, uh, we're going to be talking about Pokemon Presents, which is like the kind of Pokemon Direct. Um, as you guys probably already know, Pokemon Company is, is its own company separate from Nintendo. So even though the games are always exclusive to Nintendo consoles, they always kind of do their own presentations just for the Pokemon uh, franchise. So there's one actually happening in Japan. It's uh, on the 18th. Um, so there's a good chance that uh, it will have already aired by the time you hear this episode, but we'll see how we go <laughs> uh, with getting it published in time. Uh, it's going to be at 10 p.m. here in Japan. So I think on like the 17th, like, or maybe on the 18th in the morning in the rest of the world. I'm not sure. You'll have to check your local um, time uh, schedules. But apparently going to be showing off uh, new information uh, for the Pokemon uh, Brilliant Diamond and uh, Shining Pearl remakes 
Um, and there's also going to be some info about um, Pokemon Arceus, which is the new 3D adventure coming to Switch uh, next year or the year after. Um, yeah, any any thoughts on this, Ryan? What, what, uh, yeah, what you I'm, might be expecting to see? Or I'm excited to learn about this Arceus game because, mm. uh, you know, it, it looks kind of like Breath of the Wild, but Pokemon. Um, and the, the trailer we saw before, it looked kind of half-finished. Mm. Um, you know, maybe that was, was that a year ago? Less less than a year, I think. Less than a year ago. I think it was about five months ago. There was a Pokemon. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like the start of the year, wasn't it? It was like around that March or February or March, I think. Yeah, and you know, I was really excited about the, the concept of the game. And I mm. think that's what everyone wants is Pokemon to kind of move into the, uh, the 21st century. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but, uh... I will say it looked pretty rough, you know, in, in the <laughs> early stages. So I was kind of shocked when they set the release date for early 2022. And, mm. uh, you know, that's just like so close to this brilliant diamond and uh, shining pearl. So like, I, I kind of expect it to get delayed. But I, I mean, you would imagine so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I was thinking late 2022 seemed more realistic, but I don't know, maybe they're just going to go through with it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. When the the trailer dropped, it looked really rough around the edges, and I think at the time we, uh, not the not the not at the time because we weren't doing the podcast. But I remember at some point, so one one episode we've talked about this before. But the the graphics of uh, Sword and Shield were subpar at best. I would say. <laughs> yeah. Considering yeah. like considering Breath of the Wild was a launch game for the Switch, there's no excuse for like launching a game three years into the system's life and it looks yeah like that, i mean you know? it, it kind of looked like a 3ds you mm. know a 3ds game that just got brought over mm. um i actually didn't play sword and shield uh but i did play the let's go pikachu mm. uh and I, I thought that looked pretty good yeah graphically. That, that looks good right i, I don't understand what happened <laughs> like <laughs> yeah so I, i'm kind of expecting the shining pearl to be similar to the let's go pikachu mm -hmm. um Hopefully the gameplay is better because the issue with Let's Go Pikachu was um, like they kind of messed with the battle system mm. and uh, I just felt like the game was pretty dull. Well, it was like, like Pokemon Go, wasn't it? It was like... Um, yeah, there, instead of battles, it was like you just throw the, the ball. Yeah, it was, um, with the, it was crap, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is unfortunate because the graphics look great and uh, the soundtrack was like you know, reimagined with like an mm. orchestra and stuff. So it has, it has so much potential, but like when it just came down to the gameplay, it, it just was a bit dull for me. I yeah, mean, yeah. I know you, you could mean. You could get a few hours of like a nostalgia trip out of it. So Yeah, for sure, yeah. Uh, but this, this is kind of moving on from the, uh, the Arceus game, but the brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, um, I actually don't remember the originals that well. Um, I believe they uh, were... don't think I played them actually. Um, like Sapphire, like, Ruby and Sapphire were the last two that I played. Um, so like when I was a kid, you know, I got red and blue, I get gold and silver, I got Ruby and Sapphire. And then when Diamond and Pearl came out, I'd, I'd already kind of moved on at that point. And I wasn't even that old, I was like 12 or something. I just kind of got a bit bored of Pokemon. Yeah, um, I, I was in, the same. In the traditional sense, you know, I still like the franchise. I, you know, I, I was the same. Like, I always liked Pokemon, but, you know, like when you 
when you get up to be like middle or high school age, you like start to be interested in more like mature media. Mm -hmm. um, but from what I understand, like among fans, the DS games are like really highly praised because mm -hmm. like they they keep that kind of classic pixel art aesthetic that like Pokemon is known for. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like there's the sort of semi 3D graphics like mixed with the sprites and um mm. so like i've heard some people say that the ds games are kind of like the pinnacle of like classic pokemon yeah uh, i like the graphics like um you know looking at the new the new game with that mix i, I really like it because it kind of reminds me of um link's awakening um you know the the remake yeah so this yeah. is the uh the original um game obviously em emulated so it does look a little bit sharper than original but yeah, it looks it looks really good, and uh, I'm not usually a huge fan of DS, you know, graphics. But like mm. this, this is kind of an exception. Like it just looks like a really good, uh, like reimagining of the pixel, you know, art style. Mm. So, I like I remember the original games looking like this, but they actually didn't look this good, right? No, but I mean, it doesn't look far off. The thing about the DS was like you know it wasn't. Um like a 3D powerhouse, so like, you know, games like oh, like Metroid Hunters or something, which is like a completely 3D like shooting game, right? It was impressive, but it looked a bit rough around the edges, a bit wobbly, you know? But the DS could like perform, or it could display like really high res, like better like the SNES kind of quality 2D sprites. But also like, like you can see here, like it uses like the 3D just to add a bit of depth to the image. So you can see like the steps in the cave, and like when the camera moves, you get this kind of like slight like parallax motion. So it, it it makes it look way more 3D than it than it really is, you know. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. I think in total, but if you look at the characters just like on their own, there's so much detail in one character compared to like remember the Game Boy ones, and it must have been like I don't know, like a eight by eight like square grid. So like you can't really make much detail with that, right? Yeah, yeah, this looks really good, and uh, I mean, like, the new ones are coming, but, like, I feel kind of more tempted to just, like, play this, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Cause, yeah, yeah. Because, like, that's kind of what I love about Pokemon is, like, these, these sort of pixely, you know, RPG-style stuff, but, um, you know, it, it's cool to see they're remaking it. You know, if, if, the, if the original one was, like, re completely 3D, I could understand the need for the upgrade, but... It looks, it looks good. <laughs> I've got no, I've got no qualms with this. Uh, yeah, but anyway, but, uh, yeah. So uh, I guess we'll, uh, we'll report back in. Uh, you know, once we get the news from the Pokemon Presents and uh, keep our eye on these uh, Pokemon games. That's it. Yeah. So the, the page is up now. Uh, I'm actually looking at the Japanese Pokemon um, channel, but I think there's a there's an English version. But the the live stream page is already up. So uh, just check that the time start time in your region, and um, yeah, you'll check out some new trailers for these games. Cool. So uh, our last bit of news today, I just wanted to share uh, that Famitsu has done an interview with uh, the creators of Final Fantasy, uh, revealing mm. some. Um, you know, art and developing details about the original games. So um, on the Famitsu, Famitsu uh, interview channel, uh, you can find it here. And uh, we have uh, three, you know, pillars of Final Fantasy being interviewed together. So that's um, uh, Uematsu Nobuo, who's the composer. I think most of us are familiar with him. I see, I got this, uh, I see him in the middle here. 
And uh, we've got Sakaguchi Hironobu, the creator mm. of Final Fantasy and game designer. That's it, the chap at the top here. Yeah, and uh, lastly is Shibuya Kazuko, who did the character design and sprite art for the original games. Mm. And uh, she's back again to do the um, sprites and characters in the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters. Cool, yeah, so, yeah that's uh, nice. This is a, a pretty dense interview. It's over two hours long. So I just wanted to kind of share some of the the interesting stuff I uh, found in it. So uh, Shibuya-san was actually showing uh, some of the original art from uh, the Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3. Mm. So, so we can see here, um, th uh, these are from her private collection, actually. Oh, that's so are, cool. <laughs> these are the sprites from uh, the original game. Mm. So... Um, in the show, she actually said that, like, on her own accord, she, like, printed out uh, these sprite sheets and, like, saved them and put them in a binder. Like, oh, just, wow. Like, just, you know, because she wanted to keep it for uh, herself. Um, that's and really then, cool. You know, like, uh, 25 years later, mm. or more, yeah, about 25 years later, they asked her to come back and, you know, do the remaster. And uh, I think this might have been some of the only stuff that, you know, that was left mm. of the originals uh she said if she hadn't saved these she would have to have just like watched let's play videos and like paused the video and like counted the pixels and oh done it, wow you know, oh so the there were no like digital files from the previous games um and she couldn't just import them and like kind of retouch them from there she used these sheets as a reference yeah yeah because wow. they completely rebuilt the game from mm. from scratch and um so she said when she was, you know, creating the new sprites, she just like used these pictures. The I guess the physical pictures. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's really uh, cool. You know, like these these are developers from the late 80s and early yeah, 90s. Yeah. So they're kind of old school. Um, and they, they talk about, you know, the process mm. of like creating the original games. And um, I think she also shows like the original sprites were kind of created from these like uh, character sketches mm. which i think she's about to show off yeah so th this is the uh the cover image for uh final fantasy 3 i believe oh yeah it looks familiar yeah yeah and i think if you skip a little bit ahead oh yeah here it is um, mm. so here here we see it compared like this was her sketch and then you get the actual uh start screen and, uh, uh, okay it's pretty it's pretty close to her sketch you know Oh wow! I never, I never noticed how similar that looks to. Uh, you ever watched Attack on Titan? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know, like, if I can find Captain Levi doing that same pose. Yeah, I think I've I've seen that that yeah. picture. Yeah, but literally, uh, literally the same. It's it's kind of like this, you know. But he's got his arms crossed, like ready to like slice from both sides. Yeah. Very, I, well, I guess Final Fantasy did it first, right? Yeah, that's uh, cool. Yeah, because I, I haven't, I've never actually played the early Final Fantasies. I've seen the covers all the time, like many times. Um, you know, they're kind of iconic by this point. Um, but I never actually played it. I never really paid so much attention to the, the characters in the background. But that's really cool. Yeah, I still haven't checked this interview out myself. But yeah, when I've when I've got two hours spare, I'd really like to sit down and, <laughs> and check it out. Yeah, it's it's a long it's a long one, but it's it's pretty chill. You know, mm. they're just uh, kind of catching up and you know sharing stories. I don't know, they've got Sakaguchi-san just on, 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 on a television on the table. 
yeah, yeah. Here she's talking about how she came up with the, you know, the design. Mm. And uh, yeah, so the uh, the other thing I wanted to share was uh, the sprites were actually created from these uh, drawings here. Oh, so, cool. Like little so, chibi, chibi drawings. That's cool. Yeah, so these sort of like... Uh, almost like manga style characters mm. were the design and then they got translated into like sprite form and uh yeah they look really cool uh, maybe they'll show a close-up here yeah you can see like the the main character and the black mage yeah and uh i think she has color designs here as well let's see yeah that makes a lot of sense actually instead of going straight from like detailed full-scale person to like square pixel is like if you first make a kind of a, a drawing like like a chibi drawing version that has all the details but is like smaller oh, yeah this and, is the and the, then pick the color one here ah like, that's, that's awesome so this this yeah. actually looks really close to what we got in in the sprites in the game yeah like, yeah yeah i can pretty obviously see how they you know they were put into sprite form yeah um, yeah so i was really excited you know that these are shared and uh, I think if you buy the Pixel Remaster, uh, it includes some of these uh, concept art. Like yeah, it just a... comes with like the art vault or something, doesn't it? It comes with a big collection of... Uh... There's the cho Chocobo, is that? <laughs> mm, chocobo, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, man. So uh, anyway, I, I just thought this is great. And um, I wanted to share it with you guys on the podcast. Um, so it's, it's quite long, but... At the end, I believe uh, Uematsu-san does a live performance in uh, his studio as well. Uh, yeah, so uh, this is a Mori, the forest um, theme from Fantasian, which uh, I guess you, you haven't played it still yet, but um, it's quite early section in the game. You do the, the start part of the, little, the, the kind of first area of the game, then you get on this like, flying airship thing, and then... Actually, no, the forest is before that, sorry. So it's like the second area in the game, this forest theme. Um, yeah, it's and you've been playing through that, right? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, being busy at the moment. Uh, too many games coming out, but it's definitely one I want to finish. But one thing I can say for certain is the, the music is amazing. Really, really nice. Um, right. I mean, Uematsu San is just an absolute genius. <laughs> so yeah, it's it goes cool to see saying. him like there in his studio, you know. Mm, I love his like stacks of keyboards in the background. And he's he using this pretty old school like, uh, what's this, like a Korg he's using? Yeah, some kind of MIDI keyboard there mm. and a, a synthesizer in the back. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's cool to see how his setup works, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. He was describing his process uh, in the interview and he said he kind of just like plays the the song as he goes mm. like he'll just start playing and then just like just add it like one note at a time and just mm. just keep kind of reiterating on the on his ideas mm. so um yeah really cool stuff just makes me want to hook up my keyboard and and make some shit you know <laughs> that's it man i love these kind of like plinky like yeah like forests or like you know sleepy kind of town like jrpg like songs they're always like the most relaxing uh, oh yeah yeah i love those youtube playlists with like all of them from different games like yeah yeah it's always like study chill study vibes or something like <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like uh, jrpg soundtracks yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> so 
anyway, yeah, that's about it uh, for for this. Uh, you know, if it's, I think it's only in Japanese, so mm. it might be might be tough to uh, to watch it if you don't speak Japanese. But yeah, um, it would definitely just, be uh, a little bit challenging. But it's kind of visual, I guess. You can pick up a lot of what's going on just by looking at it. So um, yeah, I guess any big Final Fantasy fan would want to check it out, regardless. Yeah, and um, uh, there is a documentary by the channel uh, Archipel. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And uh, they they do like a, a whole a whole video on um, like the art of Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, there's a channel called Archipel. So I recommend that if you want to see some uh, English translations of these interviews. Yeah, yeah. So, I've not seen that one. That's what I that was their most recent video, wasn't it? Um, I haven't seen that yet. But their their stuff's really high quality. I don't know if it's called, I would say Archipel. <laughs> oh, yeah, Ar- Archipel, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah you're right. maybe. But uh, A-R-C-H-I-P-E-L is that's the name, isn't it? It's a really cool YouTube channel. And they basically do these really high quality documentaries and interviews with like creatives in Japan. But mostly like game developers, musicians, artists, manga writers or mangaka, like the people who create the mangas. Um yeah, even like game developers and and uh, directors and stuff. So, yeah, definitely recommend that. So, uh, yeah, that's all the news we've got for this week. So uh, let's dive into some new releases. All right. So uh, up first is Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Director's Cut. Yeah. So we, we spoke about this uh, a few weeks ago um, when it was announced. But the biggest um, the biggest thing about this, this upgrade, it's not just a PS5 you know, graphical upgrade, performance upgrade. Um, but there's also going to be DLC called Iki Island, which is what I'm super pumped for. Because to be honest, like when I played the PS4 version on the PS5, it ran like buttery smooth and it looked amazing anyway. So I'm not really going to be that probably that impressed by any graphical upgrades, even if they're they're, they're present. I already thought it looked incredible. Um, but just to get some new content would be really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good to see. Um so this director's cut is coming out on the 20th so uh mm. i guess around the time this video goes up it should be uh good to go yeah that's uh, it yes so uh i, I kind of want to play it like as soon as it comes out but i don't know if i've got time at the moment because when i did the actual main campaign it, <laughs> it kind of just absorbed my life for a couple of weeks yeah i, I still haven't played this one but i really want to give it a shot mm. yeah i'd say it's the most like authentic Japanese game I've ever seen that what and it's not even made by Japanese developers but like all these kind of samurai games are always just like so ridiculous and so over the top and this does have a few scenes that are like you know that they're, they're blown out of proportion because otherwise it wouldn't be fun as a game right but thematically and like in terms of like the design the imagery even the language from what I've heard from like Japanese natives is like really authentic and it's really really yeah, hits the nail on the head you know and that reminds me um they actually upgraded the lip syncing on the i think we talked about it before oh, they but... did yeah they've added lip syncing for the japanese yeah uh, original so that's a really cool update so you can play it in japanese and get the the lips uh, in time with the audio yeah yeah because that's the thing, one thing that you kind of you might not think about right but, but because it's an english developed game or a western developed game that like the primary language is english right so that it was mocapped in english and the, the japanese was dubbed over afterwards um but i guess because it's so it it's so heavily 
themed on Japan, right? And it sold really well in Japan. It, it was a really big seller. Um, that I guess they kind of just owe it to the audience here to <laughs> to to create that. Especially if yeah. they're going to do like or do a re-release, right? And, and charge people sixty dollars again. Um, it must have must have been so much work to like redo all those you know animations. Yeah, um, I think I think that kind of like the rigging for like the mouths and stuff is not not an easy job and syncing it all up with the lips and you know going through every fucking line of dialogue dialogue which there's a lot in that game uh yeah <laughs> not an easy job but uh, yeah yeah that's coming out uh what do you say friday yeah yeah on the 20th so that is uh yeah friday cool i'm well, looking forward to that one so uh, next up we've got a uh, legend of heroes uh trails of reveries that's another, yeah. another falcom game right yeah, and uh, last week we talked about uh, the Trails of Cold Steel series. Uh, they're mm. now all available on the Switch, so that's that's a set of four games. And mm. I I believe this is what happens after Trails of Cold Steel, so kind oh, of a, okay. an epilogue uh, game. Mm. So uh, this game uh, actually came out. It's only out in Japan right now. Um, it's came to PS4, and uh, on the 26th it's coming to. Uh, Windows and Nintendo Switch. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool to see it coming over to Switch. So this this series has recently um, just been you know releasing all of its games on the Switch. So it's kind of cool. Mm. Um, it it won't be coming out in the United States or uh, in the West until 2023. Mm. So uh, these games are super dense with like dialogue. Uh, so I think the localization takes a really long time. I'd imagine so, yeah. This actually looks... Graphics look a lot nicer. So this is actually a new game, right? Not a, not a remake? Uh, yeah, this is a, a newer game. Uh, yeah. So I think the Trails of Cold Steel was a, a Vita series. Mm. And I think this came straight to PS4. So ah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so it looks a lot more... I mean, it, the style is obviously very similar, but there's like the polygon count and stuff, the models... Um, on the previous trailers, you know, they looked like ports of, like, PSP games. Yeah, like, they were using a kind of old engine for most of the games in the series, mm. and I heard recently they're, they're switching over to a, a new engine. Oh, okay. So, um, and I think that they might be wrapping up the series kind of soon. Um, I saw, I saw in an interview that they said that, like, you know, in the next few years they're going to be kind of doing the conclusion of the of the epic story so uh, mm. like uh there's a lot of games in this series and there's different arcs and things you know it's like sets of games so uh it's all telling one really big story so it'd be cool if uh if it all concludes in you know a, a big epic <laughs> epic finish you know yeah yeah uh, i mean um personally not a fan of the game but it's always sad when a franchise ends you know for people who do like it um, but it seems pretty epic, you know. This this trailer's pretty pretty cool. Um, whoa, yeah, it's like yeah, flying I, samurai robot. He's just cutting I haven't, a bullet. Uh, I haven't played any of these yet, but I'm thinking about buying a P, uh, PS Vita just so I can like go through them all. Yeah, I, yeah. It seems like it'd be a fun uh, portable series to kind of play on the train. Yeah, that might not be might not be a bad shout. So uh, yeah, uh, I guess that brings us to our. Uh, our last game for today. Yeah, so this is uh, No More Heroes 3. Yes, let's jump in. 
So this is actually gameplay from E3, uh, the Treehouse, a Nintendo Treehouse event. Um, but they did like a 20 minute gameplay segment on this, um, like they do with a lot of their upcoming games. Um, the original No More Heroes games were pretty fun, a bit weird, um, but like I always love the style. It's just so unique, <laughs> and I always love yeah, like the excessive blood. I just thought it was kind of hilarious. Yeah, I, I didn't play the previous ones, but I know they're kind of like a cult classic, right? Yeah, yeah, they just kind of mix up a whole load of different genres. Um, but you play as like Travis Touchdown, and he's like, he's an assassin, and like other assassins are trying to kill him. And like, it's kind of like John Wick, if you've ever seen that movie. <laughs> like, John Wick is like the assassin, but he betrays the other assassins, and then they're trying to kill him. And, you know, so you end up fighting through, you know, you, you, you kill a lot of these kind of like the cannon fodder enemies, but then you come up against these like other assassins who are quite powerful. Um, but it has a lot of like, you know, wacky humor, um, very Japanese sense of humor. Um, I just say it's, it's almost a bit like kind of Metal Gear Solid, you know, like you know, like in the box or like um, when you could like read a lot of the porn magazine in, uh, was it Metal Gear Solid <laughs> 2 maybe? That kind of yeah. stuff. Um, it's a bit, it's very tongue in cheek. And uh, this Travis Touchdown is his name, the main character. It's, what, a, it's, what a name! <laughs> it's it's the perfect like the like generic American name made by a Japanese person, <laughs> Travis Touchdown. <laughs> Travis Touchdown, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's got the leather jacket and slick back hair with the the, the aviators and stuff. So, uh, but he's always had this yeah cool like energy sword weapon as well. So uh, it looks really really cool. Let's uh, skip ahead uh, to some kind of like well, there's a bit of a cutscene going on here. Uh, But I'm mean, pretty, pretty impressed with how it looks, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, it looks nice. I, I'm a, I'm new to the series, so I'm, I'm kind of overwhelmed by all of this uh, stuff that's going on. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's it's real wacky. It's one of those ones where you can't really prepare yourself. You just got to start playing it and just, you just experience it. I didn't play number two though. I played one, um, which was on the Wii. I want to say. Yeah, I think it was on the Wii, wasn't it? Um, but I didn't get around to playing number two. Um, but from what I saw, that was just as wacky and weird. But uh, yeah, I know it's a pretty popular one, so it'll be cool to see that coming uh, coming to the Switch on the 27th. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I guess that uh, I guess that about wraps it up for today. Yeah, that's it. So uh, yeah, thanks for listening. As always, guys, uh, remember you can find me over on Twitter at Kantan underscore Japan. Uh, leave a comment on the video if you're watching us on YouTube or uh, leave a review or a rating at whichever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Uh, thank you, Ryan, as always, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And we'll see you guys next week for the next episode of the Japan Gamescast. <laughs>